Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. We are now offering virtual tours to celebrate the 200th anniversary of Mother Seton's death. These half-hour tours bring you within the home of a saint, and you can visit from the safety of your own home. Learn more at setonshrine.org slash virtual tours. Now here's Father Ted. Typically the church will align the first reading from the Old Testament with the Sunday's gospel passage. And today is no exception where there is this a number of similarities and parallels between the gospel and the first reading. And so in the first reading, which came from the book of Jonah, we heard about how he was sent by God to the city of Nineveh to preach repentance to the pagan capital and archenemy of the Israelites. And then they heeded his call, and they repented of their sins. They proclaimed a fast, they put on sackcloth, they sprinkled ashes on their heads, and so the Lord repented of the evil he had planned to do against them. And in the gospel, we see something similar happening, where our Lord, he comes into Galilee, and he's also preaching like Jonah, and he's preaching the same message. He's preaching a message of repentance. And we know that all of those who heed the message of our Lord, that do as he asks them to do and they repent, they will receive that mercy and forgiveness and they will not be punished for the sins they have committed. Incidentally, St. John Paul II called this the inauguration of that ministry of mercy, which Jesus continues to exercise until the end of time, primarily through the sacrament of reconciliation. So repentance, mercy, we see those going on, but the thing that I think it'd be most profitable for us to focus on today is the role of the Word of God in each of these readings. In the first reading from Jonah, we heard how the Word of the Lord came to Jonah, and it told him, set out for the great city of Nineveh. So Jonah set out for Nineveh in accord with the Word of the Lord. Jonah is not said to be called by an angel, by a vision, by another prophet. It is the Word of the Lord that sends him on his mission. Now at first glance, the gospel doesn't really seem to have anything to do with the word of God. The phrase word of God never actually comes up. But if we look at the characters present in the gospel with the eyes of faith, we can see the word of God present here because we know that Jesus Christ is the word of God made flesh. The second person of the Holy Trinity is the incarnate word of God. And so, where it says, Jesus called them, Jesus called Simon and Andrew, Jesus called James and John, we could just as easily put, the Word of God called them. So in the first reading, Jonah was called by the Word of the Lord. In the Gospel, the Word of God is calling the apostles to himself. And the incarnate Word continues to call people, even to this day, it's not as if he was silenced by his ascension. He's no longer on earth, and so now he has nothing more to say. No, he continues talking. He continues calling. St. Anthony of the Desert was a monk from Egypt in the 
third and fourth centuries who heard the word of the Lord calling to him. When he was only 20 years old, he was left an orphan with both of his parents passing away, but they left him a really, a very considerable inheritance. And he was a, a fairly decent Christian, and so he was going to church one day, and he was arriving late during the gospel. But as he was walking into the church, he heard the parable, or not the parable, the account of the young rich man being read from the gospel. That part where our Lord says to the young rich man, go, sell everything you have, give the profits to the poor, you'll have riches in heaven, and then come follow me. Now in the gospel, we know how it ends. The rich young man went away sad. He refused to follow the call of the word of God. But Anthony, 300 years after that incident had taken place, was not deaf to the call of the Lord. He answered the call of the Lord. He heard those words of the gospel, not directed at any young rich man, but directed personally to him who was another rich young man. And so he immediately disposed of all of his inheritance. He gave the prophets to the poor, and he went out to the desert, and he spent his rest, the rest of his life as a hermit, and he began. He was the, the impetus of this monastic movement that continues to our day. And so it's not an exaggeration to say, the word of the Lord called Jonah in the Old Testament, the word of God called the apostles in the New, and the word of God, the scriptures, continues to call as it did Anthony. Because both Jesus Christ and the Bible are both the word of God. There's a popular Catholic author by the name of Scott Hahn who does a good job of illustrating the similarities between the two, between Jesus Christ and between the Bible, without actually exaggerating it to the point of identifying one with the other. And so Scott Hahn says, you know, he invites us to just consider the situation. When we open up the Bible, we are opening up the Word of God. You know, all the time we talk about the Word as the Bible. That's a common title for scriptures. And it's also the title that the scriptures themselves give to the person of Jesus Christ. The written word of God is scripture. The eternal word of God is Jesus Christ. And this close association between their titles, between the way we describe them and talk about them, is no coincidence. It's intentional. The church has always grouped them together. The Catechism of the Catholic Church cites an ancient, an ancient author, and it says, All sacred scripture is but one book, and this one book is Christ, because all divine scripture speaks of Christ and is fulfilled in Christ. And so the Catechism goes so far as to say that the Church venerates the scriptures with, in this, just as it venerates the body of Christ. And there's an ancient author by the name of Origen from the second century. He noticed this similitude and he invited the faithful to reflect on the way that they are to handle the scriptures based upon the way they are to handle the way that they already do handle the body of the Lord. 
He said, you receive the body of the Lord with special care and reverence, lest the smallest crumb of the consecrated gift fall to the floor. You should receive the word of God with equal care and reverence, lest the smallest word fall to the floor and be lost. And so sometimes we have that temptation during, you know, I, I pray we all, when we come forward for communion, we're all attentive and we are doing our utmost to prevent the sacred host from falling to the ground. But during the proclamation of the word as well, there must be that reverence so that not a single word goes in one ear and out the other ear. We do not want the word of God made flesh to fall on the ground, and we do not want the word of God written in our Bibles to go, fall on deaf ears. Now, this does not mean that the Word of God, the Bible, is divine in the same way that Jesus Christ is divine. The scriptures are divinely inspired. They were written in a divine manner. They are all true. Jesus Christ is not written in a divine manner. He is, he is a divine person. He is the divinity and he is the truth. So they're distinct they do resemble each other in a number of ways. Jesus Christ is the Word of God, is the Word of God incarnate, and He is like us in all things but sin. The Bible is like every other book, except for it is without air and written by God's inspiration. Both of them are unique phenomena in history, where nothing like the Incarnation has ever occurred before in human history and will ever occur again, and nothing like the Bible has ever been written in human history and never will be written again. So the Second Vatican Council said both Christ and Scripture are given for the sake of our salvation. Both are the definitive revelation of God Himself. God reveals Himself in Christ and God reveals Himself in the Scriptures. We have no need to lament that we are not alive, that we were not alive during Jesus' sojourn on earth. We often say this is the case because Christ has not left earth. He is still with us in the tabernacle, in the, in the blessed sacrament. And that is true. But he's also here with us in the word. And in the word he speaks to us. The question we need to ask ourselves is whether we are heeding that word which God wants to speak, speak to us, just like he spoke to Jonah and the apostles and to Anthony of the desert. Because when I open the Bible, I have to know that God is talking to me. God has spoken and God speaks. It's a present tense. The ancient monks like Anthony, they saw scripture as a word that was directed towards them personally. St. Gregory the Great said, this is why you don't need private revelations, because God has already revealed himself in the Bible. You just need to go to the bookstore and buy one. He didn't say that, but it's something we should all do if we don't have one. But if this is going to happen, if we are to hear what God has to say to us, maybe the thing we need to do is not buy the Bible so much as actually open the Bible. The Bible that is on our coffee table, the Bible that is tucked away in our bookshelf, the Bible which is gathering dust somewhere in the attic. Opening that book and consuming it, it's a beautiful thing, it's a beautiful thing to see a well-worn out Bible, a Bible which is falling off its binding, it is 
just, you know, the, all the pages are highlighted. You should see Father Daniel Mentesana's Bible. It is destroyed. He has every single line highlighted or underlined, and he has mar made notes in all the margins, which I hope he can understand. There was a priest by the name of Father Bob. The day of his diaconate ordination, he made a promise that he would read the Bible every single year, cover to cover. And for 24 years, he has fulfilled that promise. And I've never calculated how long it takes to read the Bible cover to cover, but apparently it takes 75 hours. That's three days and three hours. Now, we could all pretend that we were college university students and stock up on Red Bull and just take it all down in one go, or we could dedicate 12 to 15 minutes a day to it and read the whole thing. Or nowadays, there's this one priest by the name of Father Mike Schmitz who has a podcast where he's reading the Bible in a year. And every day, there's a 20-minute episode where there's a section of the Bible read. And so if you've got nothing better to do on your commute, or if you have that opportunity to spare some time in your day, 20 minutes a day, and you read through the entire Word of God. Twice in Scripture, we read that Mary took everything she observed, and she pondered them in her heart, she treasured them in her heart. And her familiarity with the Word of God is manifest in the Magnificat, which is this beautiful weaving of Scripture verses from the Old Testament put together. And so let us ask this Mother of the Incarnate Word to pray for us, that all of us might become more familiar with the written Word, which speaks to us of Christ, and is Christ speaking to us?